Coming up on BYU Basketball with Dave Rose, it was another two-win weekend for the Cougars who take a four-game win streak on the road with them to Moraga this week. We've got Coach Rose, we've got a studio audience, and we've got Dalton Nixon back off injury and back on the floor with us in Studio C where BYU Basketball with Dave Rose starts now. Inside, eight scores for two seconds. It is all over. From 40 feet! I like the guys. I like their mindset, and I really like the leadership that we're getting from Luke and Eli, and it's a good team. Ahead to Eli. What a whip to TJ Haas. Oh, a laser rebound pass. Into a three, top of the key. Good! This is BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. Presented by Siegfried and Jensen, live from Studio C in Provo, Utah, with your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And hello once again, Cougar Nation. Welcome back inside the BYU Broadcasting Building in Provo for another week of Cougar Hoops conversation. We've got a great studio audience for tonight's show with us here. Uh, you can be a part of our audience by reserving your free seats at BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show. And we invite you to join our conversation on Twitter using the hashtag Rose Show. We'll be taking your questions for Dave Rose and Dalton Nixon, our guest, later on in the program. And uh, Coach Rose, it's always good to get into a Tuesday show off a two-win weekend, and you've had back-to-back two-win weekends. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's, it's been a good couple weeks. I, I think that uh, it's the first time I spoke today up at uh, this, in Salt Lake, up at the, the Cougar Club in Salt Lake, and I, I go up there usually once every year, and it's the first time I let them actually ask me a bunch of questions. <laughs> Because we'd won four games. It's a good time all, for it. You know? Yeah. And so the, the, the questions were all uh, about something besides the games. Because when you win, they don't have any questions about the games. But <laughs> when you lose, that's all they want to know about. So. <laughs> but there, you could ask a lot of good questions like, uh, how, how, how happy are you that, uh, uh, you know, say, T.J. Andrew played so well uh, we, Saturday we, night? We've had it. I mean, really, when, when you look at, especially the Saturday night game, but just the four games in general, it's, it's really been a team that's growing. A team that's that's building on each other, uh, learning how to actually pick up one another when some guys are down a little bit. Uh, maybe we got a guy in foul trouble here or there. Um, but our game, I think, on Saturday night was uh, as good a game we've played for, for a really long time and maybe as a complete game as far as staying connected on both ends of the floor as we played all year. I, it was a really physical game. Uh, we got off to a nice little start, got a little lead, then, you know, they, they came back, then... You know, we, we got tied late or in the middle of the second half and and just different guys made big plays. McKay, you know, these are guys that you don't, you know, they, they don't make headlines. They're not in the stat sheet, but McKay Cannon and Zach Selyus, two guys made huge, huge plays defensively. Uh, Luke uh, made as, as good and physical impact in a game as we've seen for a long time. And, and then you got your stars, you know, the guys that, uh, you know, are there every week that are, are scoring and getting to the free throw line and, and rebounding. And so, like I said, you know, I, I, I like the way this team's growing. I like they're coming together. And, and uh, we had as good a Tuesday practice today as maybe I can remember for, you know, a long time with any team. These guys are dialed in and uh, they have a real purpose. And hopefully we play that way this weekend. Big week coming up. Let's uh, roll it back first up to last week and take a look at uh, the two-game weekend you had. And the first team you took on was that new-look LMU team that came into your place on a Thursday night. Yeah, and they came in uh, and wanted to play zone against us. And, and my, our guys were really ready for it. There's TJ with a, a great pass in transition to Eli, which I think we've been 
a lot better at the last couple of weeks of scoring a few points here and there in transition. And there's a really good defensive play. And again, TJ to Eli running that thing out and we get an easy basket. And you can see we got a nice lead here in the first half. There's a, a great play. Uh, and you can see how active TJ is with the ball. But, you know, Peyton reads that and dives to the rim and got a great response from the, the student section. He's one of the popular guys for uh, the, this team. And Eli with another corner three. And, and we hit quite a few threes, I think five or six threes in the first half in that game and nice came, out, came out in the second half. And there's Yo. You can see how he's developing as a player, uh, good with the ball in his hand. And there the tables are turned, Eli to TJ in transition and a nice layup. And, and then these guys got, they got rolling. They, they had a couple guys coming off the bench, hit some threes, were really physical with us. Uh, in uh, pressure uh, as far as full court was concerned. And what they are really good at, the two things that LMU is really good at is turning you over to score and then getting you on the offensive rebounds. And, and there's another you know, three that was pretty deep. And our guys, you know, we had to respond, and we did. Eli makes a nice play. Penetration kicks it to Tease. Tease hits it. And then, you know, this is a, a really good uh, follow-up with, uh, with Peyton and Yo and we were able to finish that game with a kind of a comfortable lead, but knowing that uh, there's a part of this where they kind of got away from us, and we'll really have to be ready to address that when we go back to LMU because it's a team that they play different than a lot of the teams in the league, and they're trying to extend you. They're trying to get you to speed up, trying to turn you over, and, and, uh, and then they're really good at offensive rebounding. So happy for the win, but then it's time to move on to the next one. And you did have a different kind of challenge with uh, San Diego coming in, a really improved San Diego team that really hangs the hat on defense. And they, they had us scouted. I mean, it was, it was pretty interesting. that uh, Those Saturday night games, sometimes you can kind of sneak through a little bit, but the first play, the first call, I mean, they had a, they had, they had a down and they had a, a way that they were going to guard it. And um, it was that way for 40 minutes. But, um, you know, we, we got off to, you know, a, a decent start. And, you know, Eli hit him a nice shot there when he stepped back from three. But this guy, <laughs> he's, he's a tough matchup. And uh, that's, Cam, that's uh, Neubauer, he, like Neubauer yeah. from Germany. And, and uh, he hit a nice shot. But TJ really had a nice offensive game uh, here and, and was really uh, – Diverse in a lot of ways, and there's Owen Carter in the corner transition. Seen him for a few years, yeah. yeah, and yeah, he's uh, he's still around. I think he's only a junior, so we'll see him some more. But you can tell they they have a really good game plan, and they got great size. They're really patient in their offense. You know, took the lead there with 14 minutes left, and it was going to be interesting to see how we responded. And they go underneath the screen there, so TJ pulls up behind it and hits it, and and he. Uh, you know, he had a real breakout game for him offensively. It's been a while since he's had a 24-point game. I think Weaver was the last time Vivint, he yeah. did. Yeah. But uh, nice you see him with the ball, tie score, nice flip to Yo. Yo pops that screen because they both went with Tiege. He hit that three. And that started a big run for you. And that was a, a really, really – I mean, Yo's hit some, some big shots for us, but that, that three was as good as a timely shot as maybe we've had. And there's Tiege doing it again. And – and luckily, Jashir comes out of this one okay, but he gets hammered pretty good here at the end. Well, you know, we went to zone with about eight minutes left. And uh, the zone, they were getting similar shots, but not with the same movement. And it, it really helped us. I think, you know, Portland zoned them both times they played, took them to overtime up in Portland, and then beat them in San Diego. And we saw a few things there. But 
you know, the first thing you think about when you win the game is, you know, you're obviously you're happy you got the win, and for the guys, but you think about when we go back to San Diego, and, and that'll be a challenge. <laughs> what it's going to be like there? They're pretty good, yep. You mentioned Tej and, and Jashir. A career night uh, in terms of highs. He had a high in points and a high in rebounds uh, in his time here. I think he had seven of those eight in the first half, I think. Really, really active. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of reasons. Jashir's getting better. He's understanding the offense. He's understanding playing with the guys a little bit better. But they had a real game plan for some of the guys, and Jashir was the one that was, uh, you know, had opportunities. And I think that that's, that's the beauty of this team. You, you just, if we can get some real balance from seven, eight, nine players, whatever they want to take away, then we have other guys that, you know, can, uh, can complement it. And I think it's a sign of a, a pretty good team. We'll, we'll get a, a really good challenge this week, as good a challenge as we've had. We've got the two teams that, uh, that beat us and uh, both of them by one possession, one yeah. possession games. And so if we can just fix a few things and, you know, we, hopefully we can get two more wins this week. You started off with St. Mary's this week and Jock Landale was the WCC player of the week, national player of the week too. But your nominee for player of the week was TJ Haas for the week he had. Uh, the 24 you mentioned is his best scoring game in, in weeks. And uh, I mean, he's been a good player all year. But the one part that was maybe slower to come along was just maybe the shot making we're used to. And it's coming back now, isn't it? Well, I, I think that, I mean, you can sit down and talk to TJ and he'll tell you, but his, his game has really, really improved. I mean, he is a much better player right now than he was last year at this time. And it, it has to do with the ball handling and his ability to pass, his ability to read defenses and get in places. Uh, but the one thing that's you know, been a little bit uh, different is he hasn't scored the ball like he you know, has over the years. And he never, you know, we've had a lot of conversations, but he's never been in any kind of panic mode, always believed that you know, it's, it's, it, it'll come, the next shot's going to go down. And uh, it was great to see uh, that weekend with him. And, and, and you know, he's going to be number one again up on team scouting reports. And so it's going to get a little bit more difficult. And, and uh, hopefully that balance of those four or five guards and those three or four post guys, uh, they can all kind of complement each other and keep this thing going. You've, kinda, you've seen that shooting from TJ for years and years, though. I mean, this is, I mean, this is not unfamiliar to yeah, us. When he... When he, he you know, he puts that thing on the floor and stops on a dime and then delivers that shot. And it's just been, you know, a hair off bouncing around. And he, he, he's been really, really good about not showing outward frustration. But, you know, you, you got to wonder what, when this is actually going to start going in again because he's been a guy that uh, has scored big his whole life. And I think he'll, you know, continue to do that. And then beyond it all, like you referenced, he makes basketball plays yeah. every day. Well, I, I think that... You know, we keep a plus-minus stat, which is uh, when you're on the floor, how many teams, how many points does your team score against how many points the other team scores? And it doesn't matter how he's shooting. When he's on the floor, our team's scoring more points, a lot more points than the other team, and that just shows you how valuable he is to the team. All right, after a week four of conference play, BYU stands a solo third in the WCC standings. Uh, quick look at what we see, kind of interesting. There's a one-game separation between each of the top five teams, one through five, and then a one-game separation between each of the bottom teams, uh, six through ten. So everything's kind of really spaced out right now from an 8-0 and to an 0-8. And, and there's where BYU sits, and they can close that gap with a big win on, on Thursday. I love those standings. I know, it's your favorite part of the I show. Love, I love the colors. Look at all the colors. <laughs> how they, how they, they jump off the screen it, at you. It's really nice. I know. And, uh, that's a great explanation, Greg. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, that look at the league standings leads us to our first break. And this reminder that you can enjoy, yes, a full hot breakfast buffet. 
Dinner Monday through Wednesday, a kitchen and a large grassy backyard along the Provo River Trail, all at the residence in Marriott in Provo. When we come back, Coach Rose looks ahead to rematches with St. Mary's and Pacific as BYU basketball with Dave Rose continues from Studio C. BYU Basketball with Dave Rose is presented in part by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. And by Smith's. Low prices, market fresh at Smith's. All right, after a look at the, uh, the week that was in our last segment, time to scope out the week ahead now. And uh, Coach Rose, it starts with round two against Jock Landale and the Gales of St. Mary's on Thursday. Yeah, this is a this is a real challenge. I mean, they're they're uh, they're a great team, really really good late in games. Uh, I think it may, maybe a team's hit as many big shots over the years that uh, inside of two three minutes. But uh, you know, we played them really well in here at our place, and Yo had a big game and offensively, and and this guy here was uh, I think he was Jock was twelve for fifteen or something like that. It's almost the same numbers he had against Pacific the other night, but. Um, it's a, going to be a physical game, and offensively, we really got to be patient. We got to be, uh, you know, make them guard us uh, in multiple spots. We get, we, we, you know, uh, Jock's a really good offensive player, and we, we got to kind of make him um, become an average defensive player, and then we got to bring him away from the basket. So, there's not a lot of things that we really need to change if we just if we get them play the same game and get an extra rebound here or make another shot here or don't foul or they turn it over, uh, you know, maybe we can you know, you know, turn the tide here. And I, I think our guys are really confident that, uh, um, that we can beat them. We just got to go out and do it. You always talk about their experience, how tough it is to rattle them. Uh, the, the games they won last week, they trailed at halftime in both of those. They trailed at your place at the break, but they don't get rattled. And if it gets tight late, they feel they've got a, an equation they can turn to and feel pretty good about. Well, they are really good at, at, at staying within themselves and not wasting possessions. And a lot of that has to do with Jock. I mean, they get him on that left block. And, you know, they'll throw it in there and they don't like it or you defend it well. They throw it back out, send it to the other side. But eventually it's coming back the other way and it's going back in there again. Uh, the, the, the five seconds, four seconds, three seconds on the shot clock is a is a lot of time for them. You know, they'll make a they'll, they'll make a lot of shots late in the, you know, the shot clock and they feel really comfortable with it. And and I think that's you know, it's one of the best executing half court offensive teams in the country by numbers. And uh um, that's our challenge. That's what you have. You, you can't really mix things up against them. We've tried tricking them and doing this thing and doing that. You just got to you gotta be physical. You got to be sound. You got to be disciplined. And uh, then when they miss the shot, you got to get it. It's a really good offensive team, rebounding team, and yeah. flipping that, tipping that thing back out. And then you need to get the refs to call a few fouls on them, you know, when they foul you. And hopefully we can do that. Well, Landale played 44 minutes of the 45 at your place. Uh, you've lost only two league games, and you get a chance to get both of those teams this week, St. Mary's Thursday, and then, you, then Pacific comes here uh, on the weekend. Yeah, and, and, and you know, when you, when you look at the, you know, both these games, they're, they're two, two possession games, really. I mean, we, we had, this, each, we, yeah. we had uh, an opportunity to win this game too late, but... Uh, th- this was a, a tough game. We've just played a really tough game at San Francisco and, uh, you know, played a lot of guys, a lot of minutes. And you know, we got off to just kind of a slow, sluggish start. And the, the best minutes that we played in this game were probably the first eight minutes out of the, out of the locker room at halftime. Yeah. Got that thing back down, got a lead, 
And uh, then you can see the highlight there. We we uh, we scored the, the two points about ten cent ten of the second too late. Too late but yeah. this is a physical team. It's an athletic team. They really drive you. We didn't score the ball like I think we're capable of scoring. Uh, this is after this game is where we made a change a little bit in our in our lineup and and hopefully those things will really help us. But that's that that game seems like you know years away compared right. to what our focus is on on St. Mary's and uh, and uh, the opportunity that we have there. St. Mary's is in the top twenty five and um, that's just you you don't get a lot of those opportunities where we sit and hopefully we can take advantage of it. Switching gears here a bit, I know you're big into social media and, and viral videos and all this stuff. Uh, Back in the football season, do you remember the hubbub about uh, Cosmo and the Cougarettes, the dance they did, and how that kind of got national attention? I actually saw that, yeah. So, so yeah. Here's, here's the deal, right? This was the, this was the routine. And, and the song they performed to is called the Rolex song, uh, I'm told. And uh, the rappers Ao and Teo, and I think oh, you knew really? this, they performed the song, and they're actually coming to town to do the deal at uh, halftime of the Pacific game on Saturday. Well, I am so excited. I know. I see, I knew you would be. See, that's the thing. It's right up Dave's alley. You know... The way I know about this is I had two former players who sent me the video and said, what in the world has happened to Cosmo? <laughs> How when is he this there, way? This was not the Cosmo <laughs> that we had. Now he's, I, he's, doing, he's, he's a hip-hop Cosmo. Cosmo is, uh, I don't know if we've taken a step forward, but he has taken a step. <laughs> and uh, and I, I think you're probably going to step out of the locker room at halftime to make sure you catch the routine on. Yeah, well, uh, on... I'll make sure that I have one of my family members record it because I'll... <laughs> I want to uh, actually critique the... You'll be otherwise occupied. Ayo Teo? Ayo and Teo. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, the chorus is, I just want to roly, 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 correct? Uh, we're just going to change it to yoli, yoli, yoli on, oh. on Saturday. Uh, hey, tonight's player guest is Dalton Nixon. Dalton's here, and he missed 11 games uh, on the sideline with that foot injury, but you got him back, shook off a little rust on Saturday against San Diego. You know, th- th- we're so happy to have him back, but it was such a strange injury. Played at Illinois State... Played a great game. Comes in the next day. We practice. We're practicing to get ready for Utah State. And about three-quarters of the way through practice, he just goes over to Rob and says, my foot is just killing me, and it's really hurting. And so once you turn it over to those guys, you know, I mean, back in our day, we just played with a sore foot all the time, you know. But, <laughs> but now you can actually diagnose it, you know, and give it a, a, a name, name and a condition. And, 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 and it is. Yeah. It's a real concern. He, it, it wasn't a stress fracture but a stress reaction, and it, it was sore, and and so he went through the whole process, and it was just, it was really uh, uh, hard to watch because Dalt was playing so well, and he was really adding a real dimension of toughness and depth to our team. Uh, but uh, it's it's good to have him back. It's it's good to. He was on a scooter for a while, then he was in a boot walking around, and um, you know now he's. Uh, I actually saw him, you know, back there, uh, walking. Normal. Straight, no crutches, <laughs> no boot, no scooter. And, and he had a really good practice yesterday and today. So I think we're going to we'll get him back and you know, see how he can help our team. You want your players to be coachable. And you've gotten coachable over the years because the trainers wanted you to play Dalton about five to ten <laughs> minutes on Saturday. You played him seven, I That's think. Right. So. That's right. I think everybody knows the story of <laughs> I had Jackson Henry a few years ago, and they said play him about 10 or 15 minutes, and I played him 33 minutes. And, <laughs> but we won. So. And Jax always reminds me of that when I see him. But uh, Dalt, I was supposed to play somewhere between eight and ten, and played him seven. Yeah. So uh, that's uh, 
stayed right in the they're happy with me so hopefully they'll let me play them as much as i want this <laughs> right week. limits are off all right heading into break with this word from utah community credit union helping people make smart decisions every day at uccu you can get a low fixed rate on a home equity line of credit and lock in that low rate for 10 years absolutely no closing fees to learn more visit uccu.com after the break we are joined by sophomore forward dalton nixon look at him walking straight and true no limp at all this is byu basketball with dave rose Welcome back to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose, with your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Yes, welcome back inside Studio C for more BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. Catch us every Tuesday evening on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Make sure you use the Rose Show hashtag. It's hashtag Rose Show for a chance to see your question asked during our Q&A segments. Sitting alongside Coach Dave Rose, I'm Greg Grubel, and we're introducing now one of three players on the BYU roster with former Division I players for dads. Son of former Cougar Kevin Nixon, number 33, sophomore Dalton Nixon is here now. Come on out, Dalton. <laughs> there you go. Proper check-in. Good job. Good to see you. What's up, Coach? Are you down with the AO and tail? Yeah, that was my preview to Rolex. Yeah, so. that's how it goes. Well, welcome, by the way, and welcome back, uh, Good to see you back on the floor. And did it seem like it was a long time for you to get back out there? It did. Um, it was about a month and a half, and it, it really did, uh, especially with the Christmas break. That's a long time, long two or three weeks of, of uh, the grind with practice, but it feels so good to be back. Did you have anything to compare it to injury-wise? Um, I was out my freshman year with an ankle injury for about six weeks, but um, nothing like this. So. It was good to be back. Uh, when, did you, um, when did you first want to play, or remember, remember first wanting to play for BYU? Um, I think it was when I was really young, and I was hearing stories about my dad playing at BYU, and we lived here in Utah County, and so I heard about that, and, and when I was probably in fifth or sixth grade when I started playing competitive basketball, that's something that I really wanted was to play here at BYU. Coach Rose, do you remember when you first became accustomed or acquainted with the, uh, the Nixon family? Well, yeah, I was, I was coaching at the Dixie and Kevin was playing for Utah Valley. He did so, play it for a year. Yeah, uh, I was cheering against him <laughs> strongly for a couple games. And uh, but he, you know, after he played, at U- I think he played Northwestern his, his mm-hmm. first year. Then he transferred to Utah Valley. Then came to to BYU. I, I remember, you know, Kev's famous in you know BYU basketball folklore for the half court shot at Colorado State when he beat UTEP in the conference tournament from. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we watched Dalt from a pretty young age because, um, you know, we just, those guys are, you know, kind of around, uh, the, the sons of the, the dads who have played here. So, uh, but his, his junior year, you know, they won the state championship. He was the MVP of the state. And it was one of those deals where we were really lucky to get him. You know, we felt that way. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that where we're on a, you know, you keep knocking on wood because because I, I think that th- this team has really developed uh, since he's been out, and now we need to find a way to fit him back in. And if we can get it in the right spot, uh, it's going to really change the look of our group. You know, you, you mentioned the dad, Kevin, and the UVU and Northwestern. He was actually Dalt confirm this if you're if you know. Uh, I think he was in the all he was on the all Big Ten freshman team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he averaged about 10 points a game at Northwestern. So to be an, on the all-freshman team in that league, that's big time. Yeah. Then he came out west. and He was really a, a versatile guy. Big guy, could post you up, three-point shooter. One of the first 
that you can remember coming along where big guys were stepping out mm-hmm. and actually making three-point shots. A lot of guys do it now, but at that time he was he was a special guy. And and uh, you know the I think I think Duke Reed coached him at Utah Valley, and then Raj coached him here and. Uh, he won a lot of games in his career, that's for sure. He was a high school star in Iowa first and then went on his way. Now, Kevin gets talked about a lot, but he's not the only athlete in your family. Uh, give us the background on who actually has done stuff at a high level in your family. Yeah, so my mom, too, she played college basketball. She played at Utah Valley, and that's where um, she and my dad met. She was a two-sport athlete there, too, I think. Yeah, right? and then after that, she transferred to UMKC to play basketball. And uh, I have two younger sisters, Bailey. Uh, she is a freshman and plays volleyball at Utah Valley. And then my youngest sister, Sadie, she plays basketball. Um, unfortunately, she tore her ACL for the second time um, out for the season, but she was a really good ball player. And Bailey had an ACL, didn't she, at UVU she too? So you've, you've had sisters who've had uh, some pretty long-term situations they've had to deal with. They have, yeah. And uh, how they made it through, by the way? Is it uh, the kind of thing where they still have the same love for the game afterward? Or yeah, just... for sure. No, they've, uh, they've done really good. Sadie with her second ACL tear, she... Uh, she has a really good outlook on things and very positive. She's been through this before, and so I think she's excited to get back on the court. So you only had a stress reaction in your foot, <laughs> That's right, it. I guess? Okay. Only out uh, for a month and a half. <laughs> yeah. uh, served a mission in Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're there to do work, obviously, but did you end up uh, feeling the love the area has for sports and all the great teams they have out there? Oh, yeah. I, I was able to serve in like downtown Boston for about 13 months on my mission, and so um, it's almost it was almost a daily conversation of someone asking if, I knew Danny Ainge so, <laughs> and talking about the Celtics and was able to go out there and see Danny a few times, um, served in his stake for over a year. Um, but Boston's amazing. I love that, love that city and has such a great sports culture. So Patriots, Eagles, no question for you in terms Patriots, of Super Bowl? all the way. Okay, all right. Patriots. All right, it's right, that time of the show when we get to see our weekly guest through the eyes of his coaches and his teammates. Sometimes they tell the truth about him. Uh, this week, we get a glimpse into Dalton Nixon on and off the floor. My favorite thing about Don is, um, oh, that's a tough one. I'd say, oh, Don's like one of my favorite dudes ever. He's he's hilarious. He loves to dance. He's a dancer. He's good at it too. Him and Peyton like to go out and dance. He's always looking for those Friday night dance parties that he can go hit up and, and go a little wild. He'd probably be like one of the Jabberwockies or something like that. Dalton would star in some chick flick, doing push-ups, getting swole, just being a man. He would be kind of that uh, Zach Efron, I think. He, he plays in one of them, and I could see Dalton kind of fulfilling that role in one of the, a romantic film. Dalton's whipped. He, he likes to take care of his girlfriend. He doesn't do anything without her uh, let, giving him the go-ahead. So his favorite thing to do is whatever she's doing. <laughs> Dalton is just a hustler. He's always trying to get that extra play. He goes hard all the time. No matter what, he's always going hard. He'll make a lot of the plays that if you're not a basketball person, you probably won't even see. You need a player like Dalton on every single team. He definitely fills his role and is an amazing asset. You know, when Dalt realizes and, and really truly believes that he's a really, really good player, um, you know, look out because he's got a bright future. So, so your, your, your current significant other was mentioned there a little bit. And you came accompanied tonight. Yes. Yes? She's with us? Yes, she's here. Introduce us. Do you mind? Yeah. Taylin's here in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Happy that she was able to come. <laughs> and Taylin's an athlete? Yeah. Plays volleyball here. She uh, unfortunately had an ACL tear this season as well, but well, she's the on the comeback, and I'm excited to watch her throughout 
the rest and, of her And you know what? And the red looks good on her. What can we say? <laughs> it does. You know? not, not, not everyone looks great yeah. in red, you yeah, know? That's true. So, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of, a, blue, we're kind of a blue studio yeah. here. But, uh, yeah. That's it's true. It, it pops. Thanks for being with us. <laughs> All right, we're going to break time. Uh, Cougar fans, remember, basketball season is blanket season. That means Minky Couture. Learn more at softminkyblankets.com. Coming up after the break, Dalton Nixon answers your questions and the always interesting 10 questions. This is BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. BYU Basketball with Dave Rose is presented by Siegfried & Jensen, helping Utah families for over 25 years. Time now for a weekly look at Cougars in the pros. Charles Obuo out in France. 30 points in 27 minutes for Charles. Jimmer Fredette putting up Jimmer Fredette-type numbers. Kyle Collinsworth earning a second 10-day contract with the Mavs. You saw Tyler Haas putting up numbers in, in Canada as well. Well, welcome back to BYU Basketball with uh, Dave Rose. And we are visiting with uh, Dalton Nixon. And uh, time to let Cougar Nation go one-on-one with Dalton for a bit. It's Q&A time. We start with a, a Twitter question for Dalton. Ready to roll? Yeah. Okay, this is from uh, at M Chamberlain CPA. Have you been working with your dad, Kevin Nixon, on the half-court shot? You never know when it will come in handy, he <laughs> says. Yeah, that was something in high school where um, my team, my dad coached at Orem, and so after practice we'd always mess around and try and go to that spot on the court and <laughs> see if anyone was able to make a shot. Um, so over the years we've always, you know, had some fun with that shot. Uh, so you, you never know if that's going to happen in a game but I'm ready. How was it uh, having your dad be on a coaching staff with you in high school? It was great. Uh, me and my dad have a great relationship, and um, like Coach said, I was able to um, win the state championship, and uh, it was a great experience, and he really has helped me develop into the, to the player that I am now. All right, it is skinny mic time. Yes, it is time for 10 questions. Julian's got the skinny mic and uh, tiny hands as well. Thank you very much, Julian. Way to go. <laughs> All right, uh, Julian Riley, everybody. Uh, ten questions. Let's hit the leaderboard first up and see who's been uh, doing what in our uh, ten questions. And uh, it's a four-way logjam, almost perfect, but not quite. So there's always that chance, Dalton. You could go ten for ten. That's our first page of the leaderboard. All right, here we go. Uh, question number one. In 2011-12, you scored 18 points in the championship game to lead Orem High School. Is this right? To its first ever state hoops title? That's crazy. Way to go. Uh, how many games did Orem lose that entire season? I'll say four. You guys lost once. Oh. You guys lost once that year. Oh, that was a long time. You're supposed to remember, it was one game, and I remember who, because it was just one game. It was West Jordan beat you That's early right. in the year, and then you didn't lose again the rest of the way. That's you won right. the whole thing. Well, i got to get all these now. You remember when you won the, won the state championship? Yes, remember I that? Okay. That. Uh, time ago. Question two. Uh, which U.S. president resigned in the wake of the Watergate scandal? That was uh, President Nixon. <laughs> Number three, of your 37 games played at BYU, two have been as a starter. Against which WCC team did you get your first career BYU start? Santa Clara. Yes, way to go. Home game. Uh, question four. The tarsal, the metatarsal, and the phalanges bones are all located in what part of the body? The foot. <laughs> know all about that now. You have knowledge. <laughs> question five. During your freshman season at BYU... Three Cougars made 50 or more three-point field goals. Can you name all three? Chase Fisher. Yep. Tyler Haas. Yep. Skyler Halford. Way to go. Nicely done. Good job. Anson Winder came close. He's like in the 40s somewhere. Okay. He only has one point for that. We should give him three. Hey, producers, three points on that there one. Uh, there we go. Number six. This basketball term, okay, out of the basketball rule book, is defined as, quote, 
action by any player which, without causing contact, delays or prevents an opponent from reaching a desired position. What would you call that action? Is it a foul? <laughs> it's a screen or a pick. Screen or a pick on that one. I really follow that one, Coach. It could be a foul, though. It's <laughs> called. That's right. With certain referees, with certain referees, it could be a foul. This guy with the buzzer up here. Yeah. Okay, we're gonna too soon. You might get a, you might get a point for that one. Uh, uh, question seven. This is kind of a gimme. We've already talked about. Against which team did your dad Kevin hit a 60-foot shot to win the 1992 WAC championship? That was against Utah. It was against Utah. Uh, question eight. Which of your teammates? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, here it is. In case we forgot. This is what it looked like. Yeah, that. And Fort Collins. The best thing about old replays, they always go in. (laughs) Every time. Every time he shoots at it, it goes in. And that's how it ended in Fort Collins. Uh, Question eight. Which of your teammates was recruited by BYU and Wisconsin to play football? That was Luke Worthington. That was Luke Worthington. Question nine. Which of your teammates has the best fashion sense? Yoli. That's correct. (laughs) Question 10. You wear jersey number 33. Why do you wear that number, and why did you not wear that number during your freshman season? I wear 33 because that was my dad's number here, and I didn't wear that. Yeah, got a point for that. I didn't wear it my freshman year because Nate Austin was 33, and he was a senior that year. There it is. Ring them up again. Ring them up again. Uh, So we're going to see. I'm I'm curious to know exactly how many points you got, frankly, because scorekeeping might have been a little nebulous this time around. What do we have here? I think you got like 12. Let's see. (laughs) That sounds right. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Is it going to come up? It may or may not come up. The producer producer says you may be in a tie for fifth with Zach Selyus at eight. We gave you eight. So eight out of ten. Give him a hand for eight out of ten, folks. Not bad. Still on the first page of the leaderboard. Dalton, thanks for coming in. You can hang tight through the break, but uh, good to have you here, and uh, best of luck this weekend. Thanks, Greg. All right, that's Dalton Nixon, folks. After the break, your questions for the Cougars head coach, Dave Rose, from the audience and Twitter. This is BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. Gannon out front, 40 feet away, gives to Hawes. Hawes into a three, top of the key. Good! That's the exciting play of the game presented by Nissan, a proud partner of the BYU Cougars. Innovation that excites Nissan. We're back on BYU Basketball with Dave Rose here in Studio C. And uh, just another indication of where TJ's game is right now. It was confident. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it, he, he uh, kind of draws that defender to the screen, and he gets a little bit uh, nervous about either getting over the top of it or going under it, and then he refuses the screen. and. And he was right at that point in the game. He was as confident as any time I've seen him all season. Kind of reminded me back, you know, when he was in high school. He almost you'd see that TJ every night, and and it's good to, good to see him, uh, you know, playing with uh, with a great feel. Okay, Q and A segment for the coach. Now we've got some uh, questions ready to roll. We'll start here in studio, and it's our good friend Brenton Farrell at the mic. Hello, Brenton. Hey, Greg. Hey, Coach. Hey, so man. this season, obviously, you've had some injury difficulties and and the transfer of of Brown and and some other things that have caused some depth issues over the course of your coaching career what have you found to be the best remedy for depth issues other than just getting more guys Uh, you know what that is uh it's quite a question right there because that that's what I believe uh you know is uh has been a real challenge for us uh our, our roster 
has changed and fluctuated so much in the last few years. Uh, and uh, the, the, the only thing that I can really kind of put my fingers on when, when you have a short bench or if, you're, if your team is, you know, kind of a little bit short depth-wise is how you manage the week, how you manage practice, how you manage, uh, you know, the, the days in between games. Uh, because you're playing, you know, a few guys, a lot of minutes, and you want to make sure that they're at their best. And so uh, for me, you know, maybe, you know, if, if I'm a two-hour practice guy, you know, in the preseason, and then you get in the middle of the season, you practice an hour. When you get to the second round of conference, you might even, you know, go to 45 minutes just to to manage uh, kind of the wear and tear on the guys that you're playing a lot of minutes. Brendan, thanks. Good question. And uh, to Twitter next, this is a hashtag Rose Show question. At Elliot Sharfs asks, what is your favorite BYU versus St. Mary's memory? Whoa. Um, you know, it, it, might, it might come before we actually got in the league with them. You know, we... Uh, um, South Padre? Yeah, we played them in the championship at South Padre uh, of a tournament down there. And uh, that's, you know... Uh, Matthew Delladova was just a youngster. I think he was a sophomore, and you know we had Jimmer and Noah. We had we had a team, and uh, went right down to the wire, and we beat them. You know to, to take the trophy home and be the champs of that thing, and that was a fun night. I remember the night we beat them over at our place. I mean, over at their place uh, a few years ago. Uh, the, the, the funny thing about it is, what I really, if you, if you make the most exciting game, is you know the game when Ty scores to win it, and we got it. You think we got it won, and then yeah. whack. And Kevin Nixon against us. Yeah, it was that. Yeah. Almost the same spot on the floor, basically. Over bangs that thing in. So, uh, you know, I, I believe that you know, the one thing that I'm confident in is that, uh, you know, that uh, this, this game kind of has ebbs and flows in it. And, and I believe that, uh, you know, it's, it's our turn to start coming in on the, the, the left side on the columns of these games. And hopefully we can start this week. Time for it to come back around. All right, more Dave Rose Q&A coming up after our break. This is, again, BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. Back in a minute. BYU Basketball with Dave Rose is brought to you in part by Nissan. Innovation that excites. All right, it is our final Q&A segment with Coach Dave Rose. Use the hashtag Rose Show to get a question in for the coach. And we have with us uh, Curtis McCorriston. Curtis, hi, how you doing? Good. How old are you, Curtis? Eight. Eight. You look nice and tall there. Go ahead. From the two loses, St. Mary's and Pacific, what is your game changes for this week playing the, these teams again? It's hmm. a good question. Who gave you that question? I don't think you asked that yourself. <laughs> Me? Oh, I, okay. Um... You know, there, there's quite a few adjustments that we need to make in both games. You know, I, I think the the St. Mary's game, the focus has to be around Jock Landale. He's, uh, he's 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 just a really tough cover, and so we'll make some adjustments. And 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 on the offensive end, I think we need to be a little more patient uh, and not let possessions get away from us. The Pacific game, it's we just got to have a whole different mindset. Our attitude has to be different. We've got to be uh, a lot more physical and. Uh, and more connected, more engaged. I thought defensively in that game that we were guarding more individually than as a group, and offensively we were we were kind of disconnected. And uh, so that's probably the biggest focus in you know two of those games. What do you think about that? 
Good. Good. All right. That's what I think, too. Thanks. Thanks for approval. Thanks, Curtis. Good yeah. job. Uh, to Twitter now, where uh, it's at Hill for Heisman underscore 16 asking. My question for Coach is this. With so many big centers in the WCC, what is the best chance to keep them out of the paint? I guess Jock Landale is a good example as any. Well, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's not new, obviously. We've had, you know, uh, the biggest human to ever play, I think, in Shemek, you know, for those years <laughs> at Gonzaga. Uh, really important, I think, to, to pull them out of the key, away from the key on offense, to get them out, garden uh, in places maybe where they're not very comfortable. That's a real challenge with Jock, though, because Jock has got really good feet, and he's really smart. He's, he's a, a guy who tend to be in foul trouble as a sophomore and junior. Not much at all this year as a senior. So, uh, But that's one thing you can do is, is, is make them so uncomfortably guarding you that the coach maybe wants somebody else in there uh, you know, to do it. But uh, the other thing is, is that when, when you drive into the key and you've got that big center there, you, you can't flinch. I mean, you can't change your shot, avoid contact, miss the shot, and, and not get fouled. You've got to kind of put it on, uh, on the officials. And nowadays... These guys have got it now. They just need to jump up, stay straight up, keep your hands up in that restricted area. And it can be as hard a collision as you can come up with, and it's still a legal play. So uh, those opportunities to make those 8-foot floaters and pull up and hit an 8-10 footer, those are really important nowadays. Next question on Twitter from at Jana by the Sea. Coach Rose, my sons want to know, if you have ever had your ankles broken by one of your players on a crossover. (laughs) No, <laughs> not broke any ankle. I sprained my ankles quite a few times, but um, I, I will tell you this, that as excited as everyone was in that gym, uh, you know, when Jasheer takes that thing down, uh, Jasheer was really upset at himself when he turned the ball over <laughs> right after that. You know, he tried to enter that thing in the yo and it got intercepted, but uh, it was good entertainment, for the, especially for the student section. And... Uh, Hopefully all those guys will come back and watch us play on Saturday. Yeah, that was something. The guy went tumbling, actually, yeah. on, on Jashir's move. Yep. Uh, another question from Twitter, at Texan Parker, asking, uh, what is your favorite basketball movie and why? My favorite basketball movie? I mean... I'm, I'm a Hoosiers guy. It doesn't, doesn't have to be Hoosiers. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the greatest ever. When the guy comes out and measures the <laughs> deal, I mean, that was some real, you know... I, I like the the assistant coach that was having a hard time with the stress, you know, in that yep. movie. And yep. uh, there's just a lot of things that are real when you talk about a, a season from start to finish, and you know the pressure of the the town put on the coach, and it's uh, got the big fella to, to come in and actually play on the team. So who's your Jimmy Chitwood? The guy. Who's your? Who's we've your... had we've had we've had a lot of Jimmy Chitwoods, haven't we? I mean, we've had a Jim or Chitwood. Yeah, we've had but... such we've had such good players. I mean, you talk about. You know, Lee Kamard and Keena Young and Kyle Collinsworth, Jimmer, Tyler, those are all guys who have been conference players of the year. And one guy, national player of the year. So I've, I've had my share. And, and I understand that you need that big fella to come play on your team to be pretty good. You know? <laughs> this is your team. Yeah. This is your team. That's all right, right, we're back after this with our final segment of the show. This is BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. All right, so welcome back to BYU Basketball with Dave Rose, presented by Siegfried and Jensen. Here's the broadcast schedule for this week. Uh, Thursday night, we are live in Moraga for BYU and St. Mary's. Man, it's late. 11 p.m. Eastern, 
makes it 9 o'clock here, makes it 8 o'clock in Moraga, 7 o'clock Pacific, 8 o'clock Mountain for our pregame on BYU Radio, a whole hour of pregame coverage. And then Saturday, it's about BYU TV, BYU Radio, a double dip for you there. We've got the game at 9 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Mountain, with radio pregame at 8 o'clock Eastern and 6 o'clock Mountain time. All right, so back for our final segment of the show. It's BYU Basketball with Dave Rose. Uh, one more Twitter question we have time for, I think. Uh, it's at, uh, at JST03 asking, what effect does playing in smaller arenas have on the players in West Coast Conference play? You know, I, I still have not really put my finger on the, the challenge of that. You know, coming from the small arenas back to our large arena. And uh, I, I do know that there are times when, you know, we look at each other as coaches and go, my goodness, why have we shot the ball, you know, so inconsistently? You know, in fact, I've got I've got such a an interesting perspective on it right now that I t- asked my coaches today if tomorrow we, before we leave and go to St. Mary's we should practice in the in the uh, uh, annex because the annex is way closer to the size of this gym than the Marriott Center. A more compact is. sense and feel. Yeah, and, yeah. and so uh, we'll all you know talk about that tomorrow in our staff meeting. But uh, you know it, it's something that basically with the players I don't ever even address. Let's just go. We play we, wherever we go. Let's play. The, Measure the deals. Tell them how high the, the rim is, and just like you know, back the home. key, yep. and just say, "Let's go." Use those lines this yep. week. We get. And the fact is, you've won in all kinds of sizes of venues since you've been in this league, and been before and after. And it's 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 just about the game. The, the actual size of the venue probably isn't the biggest issue. It's it's uh, kind of the locker room issues, where they're located, and you know what you do before the game. Sometimes you're all crammed into one little room. Other places, you got two big rooms for, for the coaches, some for the players, and. That that's probably more of an issue as far as you know getting yourself ready to actually go out and play than how, what the size of the gym is. Less than a minute, less than a minute to go here, but uh, they're all big, of course. But a particularly big weekend this weekend, you know, you can jump right back in this thing uh, if you have a good weekend. Yeah, and and you know the thing is, it, it seems like you know a couple possessions has made such a huge difference because the teams we're chasing are, are just so consistent and they're really good and. You get a chance to, to redo something that happened a couple of weeks ago. Let's see where we are, see how much better we are. And, and the key is to be playing your very, very best basketball uh, in March when you get down to that tournament. The two teams that beat BYU, BYU gets them both this weekend, Thursday, St. Mary's, and Saturday against Pacific. Folks, that's going to do it. We'd love to see you here in Studio C with us for next week's show. To request seats, go to BYU, BYUcougars.com slash Rose Show, and that'll be next Monday or Tuesday for our next Tuesday night show. We'll talk to you next Tuesday at 8 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Mountain. For Dalton Nixon and the head coach, Dave Rose, I'm Greg Rubel. Thanks, folks. This has been BYU Basketball with Dave Rose live from Studio C. Go Cougs! We'll see you next week.